Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome. This is Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I am your host, Alex Sanchez. Joining me, as usual, is David Gasper. David, how's it going with you tonight? It's it's going pretty well, man. It's it's been pretty rainy over here, but it's going good. Things are things are good around here. Brewers in first place, you know, living that up. But uh, yeah, it's it's going well. How are you doing? Uh, are you having a fun time? Um, well, today is <laughs> one of the most. As long as my Principal and vice principal don't listen to this. One of the most depressing days of the year, as it is the last day of <laughs> summer vacation, and uh, we, you know, after being treated to one of the best days of the year just a couple of weeks ago, now it's one of the worst. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, back to school. No kids though tomorrow, just uh, meetings and stuff like that. So they ease us back in. But uh, yeah, that's that's back to the real world now. But. Yeah. We have a uh, we have a pretty cool show if uh, you're fans of the teams that we happen to be writing about today because it's going to be a Padres and Brewers top 50 talk and you have two of the leading experts I would say I, w- I wouldn't even think that's too uh, difficult to to venture as nope. uh, we uh, we are experts there's no way around it we're con- very very good experts at this stuff They're, I don't know what I'm saying what am I saying. You're, you're hyping yourself up. Yeah. Uh, words are hard. Things tough. Let's go ahead and just jump into this episode. Like I said, we got Brewers, Padres. We got news and notes. Let's just jump right into the news and notes because this is going to be, I, I don't want it to be as long as last week. We want to kind of get uh, you guys back to your own lives as you will. So let's jump into it. We have promotion week, it seems like. A bunch of people were promoted. Let's just go one at a time with some of the big names um, because I want to start with this guy. He has 28 home runs, and I don't think if you, uh, unless you're a freak like us and you're paying attention every single day, you had any idea that this gentleman had 28 home runs. I'm talking about MJ Melendez, a former really hot prospect for the Royals, who kind of shine has come off him a little bit, but this year he is bouncing back in a huge way. He is getting promoted to AAA. There's really nothing bad to write about when you watch him, except that. Salvador Perez also plays for that organization, and I just don't know where Salvador Perez is going to go. I feel like he's just going to stay with the Royals forever, and he never takes a day off. So what happens to MJ Melendez going forward, in your opinion? Oh, if he can hit 28 home runs in a season, you find a way to get him in the lineup somewhere, whether they put him at first base, second base, third. I don't know if he can play any other position, but... If you can hit like that, they will find a way to get you in. They'll, they'll put him at DH or something just to they, – they traded away Solaire, I think. So, I mean, they, they probably got some DH at-bats they can give him. Um, but, I mean, with a bat like that, you got to find a way to get him in somewhere. Yeah, I feel like we would already see him in the majors, right, if it wasn't for Salvi. And there's just not many teams that have a Salvador Perez type of guy anymore in this day and age. So – he just has to be be patient, but yeah, like like you said, hit 28 home runs. He has almost a thousand OPS. Uh, he's walking at 12%, which is great, and his strikeout rates at 21%. All very very manageable. And I, uh, I've heard I haven't seen him per se um, live, but I have heard that he's pretty good behind the plate as well. So yeah, I mean, there's nothing bad with having Salvi DH everyone. It's just I don't know. <laughs> If Salvi wants to DH, I think whatever Salvi wants, he gets. Yeah, Salvi, I mean, he's been around long enough. And I mean, he's almost kind of like a Yadier Molina type where, you know, he plays as much as he wants to. You know, he makes the decisions on his playing time. (laughs) Yeah, and he could probably say, I need you guys to trade Melendez, guys. And they probably would. (laughs) (laughs) That might might be what ends up happening in the the long term. But uh, yeah, he's 22. What a year. What a bounce back. Because he had... His, you know, he was dropping he had a little an awful bit. Awful 2019. Season. Yeah, he was. Uh, I picked him up in a dynasty league for free this year, just a nice. couple, like a month ago. So I mean, so don't give up on these prospects. Anyway, another guy that you probably will never give up on is Adley Rutschman. He finally gets the call to AAA. I got this message on my phone. You don't really get 
prospect promotion updates like from MLB a lot. And so I saw that and I read the first five words, Adley Rutschman promoted to AAA. I thought for uh, a second it was the big leagues. Not yet, but yeah, this kid's doing it all this year. 18 homers, 271, AA, 61 runs, 55 RBI, switch hitter. He's, uh, did you see that? Him take Luis Severino deep on his yeah. That was Baltimore, impressive. call him up, man. Yeah. I got him in two dynasty leagues. Call him up. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Do you think we see him this year? If you're a betting man, what do you think? No. The the Orioles are completely out of it. I, I think they're going to wait until a few weeks into into next season to get an extra year of team control uh, over Adley Rutschman because the Orioles are kind of a cheap organization. Uh, and they're they're going to wait and, and manipulate his service time if they still can. We'll see what happens in the CBA, but that's a whole different discussion. I know. I kind of want to get into that, too. I'm just so over this service time nonsense. It's just no other yeah. sport does it. Like it's Adley ridiculous. Rutschman is far better. Who's their current catcher? Whoever he is. Pedro He's, Severino. <laughs> so, remember? I don't yeah. even know. Whoever he is. Adley Rutschman is already at this point going to be a far better big league player than that guy. So it'd be really nice to see Adley up. I thought he was going to be up at some point this year, but the Orioles kept him in double A for an extremely long time. Uh, And now he's, he's getting up to triple A, which is great. Uh, But I'd like to see him up in the big league sooner rather than later, but we probably won't see him until next year. Yeah. Pedro Severino is indeed their catcher. I'm, I'm shocked myself. Wow, like, well done, man. Well done. Austin wins also there. This team's pretty horrific Bad. now that I yeah. look at the, the depth chart. Um, although Cedric Mullins has turned into a star. But, uh, you know, yeah. I that mean, doesn't can help you imagine, catcher, man. Imagine, I mean, we're always talking about how baseball needs to market itself better. But imagine if you had Rutschman and Witt and wander up the whole year and you didn't have to worry about service time or any of that stuff. You get some of the brightest young stars. Everybody's, I mean, how many people are tuning into Wander's debut? Imagine if you had that multiple times throughout the year without, it's just, it's a missed opportunity in my opinion. We just got to, got to figure out a way or just sign the damn guy. You're, you think the Orioles want to lose Rutschman? Go give him a 10 year, $150 million contract or whatever the going rate is. Yeah. Just go give it to him. You paid Chris Davis. You might as well pay Adley Rutschman. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, maybe it doesn't work out, but you're, at least you're going to get him during his prime. And it's not like you're signing him after the prime, you know, like a pull hole. Like Chris Davis. You're getting everything, yeah. So <laughs> if he's going to be a star, God, he's going to be your star. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll move on, I guess, from that. But yeah, uh, two catching prospects. Probably the, I, I would imagine the two top catching dynasty prospects you'd want on your team right now. Um and I think the gap is is getting pretty big. I don't I don't see. I mean, there's a couple of guys like Heber, Joey Bart, Camposano. Sure, Camposano. I still think of the both of them. I think actually, I think Adley's probably in his own tier now. Yeah, Ad- Adley's definitely his own tier. Yeah. I, I think other, the other ones. I, I saw today Baseball America has Adley now as their number one overall prospect after Franco's graduation. Yeah, and I can see that in a real life. Um, for sure. Definitely. Never well, it's baseball that. America yeah. and fantasy, but just always got to make that stipulation just so people know yeah. we're not crazy. Um, <laughs> so uh, you were telling me a little bit about your Brewers call-ups too. Did you want to kind of mention that to everybody so they get the the 411? Yeah, the, Brewer, the Brewers had uh, several call-ups uh, today, including their first round pick, Sal Freelich. Uh, he goes from rookie ball in the ACL now to low A Carolina. Uh, along with with uh, Wes Clark, uh, catcher, first baseman type, 10th rounder, uh, South Carolina. But uh, Sal Freelich going up, I mean, that's really kind of a more where he kind of belongs. He probably could go to, to high A, honestly, as an advanced college bat, but he hadn't played since May, since Boston College didn't make the NCAA tournament. Uh, plus, with the later draft, they just sent him down to Arizona to get him ramped back up. Uh, so he's going to to Carolina now, and to make room, uh, last year's fourth round pick for the Brewers, Joey Weimer, is moving up to High A Wisconsin along with 2023rd rounder Xavier Warren. Uh, now Weimer has been having a hell of a week in Carolina, which included two walk off home runs, a grand slam, and one of the walk off home runs 
knocked out a light on the light tower in left field. Like he literally went Roy Hobbs on the baseball on a walk-off home run. That's just beautiful. It's insane. Incredible raw power. They've reworked his swing a lot. They've cut down the leg kick, cut down a lot on the motion. He still has some arm motion uh, pre-swing, but Weimer has been on a hot stretch, uh, and he gets the promotion up to uh, high A Wisconsin, and he's moving up in my Bruce top 50, but more on that a bit later. Um, And then, obviously, to make room in high A Wisconsin, Corey Howell, another guy who's been a high riser this year. He moves up to double A along with Thomas Dillard, another big, burly first baseman type uh, that the Brewers have called a catcher, but he's not really catching much at all. Uh, He's the first baseman. He's got 16 homers this year. He's striking out like 40% of the time, but he's hitting like 250 and hitting dingers. So he goes up to to double A. (laughs) Dingers, that remind me of the Colorado Rockies. Oh, man, that whole fiasco. (laughs) I I was so relieved (laughs) when I found out it was – it was just calling for a mascot, but man, that, just, that yeah. was, that seems that like something nuts. that would happen to me. I'm, all I'm doing is calling a mascot and then I get like outed. But yeah. And just, everyone guy. just gets so upset. It's just like, what? Yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Um, a couple other news and notes here, and then we'll go ahead and move on into our analysis of our top 50 list. A couple of downers here. That is a couple of injuries for the season. Slade Sassoni for the Diamondbacks is done for the year. He uh, was, there haven't been a lot of information, but he was placed on the 60-day injured list, which effectively limits him for the rest of the season. It could just be a shutdown here for him. I would maybe guess. I wouldn't bet on that, but that could be the case. We haven't just gotten uh, much. But another one that was actually labeled in terms of a shoulder is friend of the podcast, Tyler Freeman. And I know he listens religiously to this podcast <laughs> all the time. So, um, Tyler I'm bummed out. That's just, I'm hoping again, because he actually went on the IL for a little bit and came back and now is going back to the IL with, or, you know, he's being shut down. So I'm hoping it's just an abundance of caution. Uh, He did what he always does, and that is hit at a high success rate, 323 to finish off the season, 11% strikeout rate at double A. I'm I'm still very, very excited for his future. I don't think he needs even a month uh, it's not going to do much to him. The guy was always going to be able to hit. Um, and the the last thing, we haven't talked about this guy a lot, but, you know, about a year ago at this time, he was creeping up into top 20 status on overall lists, and that's Christian Robinson. Um, just a qu- quick update on that. He's still kind of going through some legal issues. Um, apparently, he hit a police officer or something along the lines of oh. that, or he's accused of that. Um in April of 2020. So um, what's happening, you know, I, we're not going to get the whole story quite yet, but from what I can guess is that he's, you know, that's quite a serious issue. Yeah. Um, please don't it, tend to like that. Uh, no. And he's, heard. and he's trying to uh, get it down to a misdemeanor. And if he can get it down to a misdemeanor, you know, I think uh, things could start moving forward for him. So I don't know. I mean, he's not a bad buy low candidate. I don't know. You know, I, what somebody in your dynasty league is thinking of all this, but maybe worth a low ball. I mean, he still had a lot of, <laughs> he had a lot of uh, room to grow in terms of his overall skill set. I mean, the tools are there, but the skill sets in, in terms of games uh, haven't quite translated yet. So it's still going to be a long, long time, but um, I don't know. Just thought I'd update everybody on that. Um, and then I think that's going to do it. Let's just jump right into our top 50 list. So we'll take a break. And when we come back, we have Padres and Brewers. We'll try to fly through both of those as we go over the top 50 list for each. So stay tuned. This is the Futures Focus. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And we are back. Alex Sanchez and David Gasper here with you on Futures Focus. Again, this is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. And it is that time of year, one of our busiest times as correspondents at the site. We are all doing our top 50 lists. Mine is done and published. David, yours is coming out, probably is already out by the time you're listening to this podcast. Um, and you're done with it. So yep. we wanted to go over ours. I know there are still a few more that have already been released. We're trying to get some guys to come on to the podcast. And uh, as more get released, we'll have more opportunities to get some guests on here. But today seemed like a really good time to get both of those done. Um, and I'll just... I don't know if I can speak for you or not, but I, I, I think I had a really pleasurable time doing this compared to some of the other top 50 lists. Just in the fact that trying to keep the write-ups and analysis to one sentence was a fun challenge for me and a little change of pace. Um, and trying to get as much information in as little of words as possible. I think that's going to be really helpful, especially for a mid-season list. And then, you know, when the list gets back in January, you can get a little bit more detail. But um, I had a really good time writing this. And then the Padres went and traded like five or six of my guys. <laughs> and so I had to redo it um, after it had been submitted. So that was not as much fun, but it did allow me to add four new guys to a top 50 list. Um, although when we get down to the 40s and 50s, uh, there's there's a lot of hope and a prayer associated <laughs> with those guys. So um, let's go ahead and we'll start with the, the Padres top 50 list and then we'll jump right into the the brewers as well so to me the the basic overview of this system is that the top is still very very good with the uh, with Has, uh, with Hassel and Abrams there's no doubt but what's starting to happen is that these international signees are starting to make their debuts and the top guys that the Padres were signing have all done pretty pretty well to remarkably awesome somewhere in that range when it comes to Acosta, um, Zavala, like these types of names, as I'm sure we'll get to, that have kind of boosted up the ceiling for this organizational uh, ranking now, because I think that the ceiling is getting raised up, although the floor and what, you know, how many guys I truly am in love with is pretty low compared to some other systems. The ceiling of these guys in a year or two, they could be starting to uh, fly up rankings as well. But as uh, very similar to the Brewers, I think in that regard, you know, some of these guys are just so young. We're talking 17, 18 year olds and they look great now, but who knows, you know, <laughs> so a year or two in the United States could change a lot. So um, I'll go ahead and hand over the hosting privileges to you and you can kind of ask uh, what you see fit of the system. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So obviously we got to start at the top here with tier one, a little bit thinner uh, than it has been in years past. Uh, CJ Abrams was your number one guy uh, back in uh, January and he did get hurt and he's missing the rest of the season, but you still have him at number one. Yeah, it's a broken leg, which is not uh, the best. It's not the worst injury I could imagine either but he was just doing so well in double a as such a young kid 20 years old at double a no worries with him there's still plenty of time um unless you think like he can't come back from a broken leg which again it's not great <laughs> it's not get us wrong but like I feel like once it's healed and everything he'll just go back to where he was and he's a top 10 prospect in all of baseball and that's a pretty conservative view I'd even have him higher um, than that, but but you're also a little bit of a homer with C.J. Abrams too. Sure, I think for fantasy, <laughs> per, no, but for fantasy purposes, he he provides something that just so little guys will be able to provide, and that's just elite speed with power to go around. I mean, we're talking potential yeah. 20, 30 minimum, 20, 40 possible type of years, and there's just a handful of guys you can even remotely imagine that with, and. So for fantasy, I think I'll be higher. And then in real life, I'd probably be a little less on Abrams, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, a, bo a broken bone is, you know, 
even though it's it's an important bone, it's not as bad as you know whole ligaments you know tearing or, or tearing up the muscles in there. Um, bones can heal and they'll end up being fine. Yeah, you don't um, replace the bones, which is good, right? <laughs> you know, right? You, you yeah. Just heal. If if you need a hip replacement, then we have a reason to be concerned. Sure, uh, something like yeah, exactly. Yeah. That point. But he doesn't. All right. And then you got Robert Hassel the third uh, at number two. And uh, you included some video that you took of watching Robert Hassel, which I assumed had to be fantastic being able to sit there and watch him in a game. Um, but Hassel, another really strong hitter. Uh, and he's, you know, he moves up a spot here. He was number three back in January. Now he's up to number two. Yeah, I switched Mackenzie Gore and uh, Robert Hassel the third. It was pretty easy based on uh, their trajectories right now. One's going way up and the other is kind of falling on his face. But, yeah, I got a live look at him in Elsinore. Really blessed to be able to go see not only the Padres prospects, but we got Giants and Dodgers and Angels and Mariners and Diamondbacks. We got a good, uh, you know, Southern California league talent pool here to check out. So um, this was the game when they were playing the Dodgers. Yeah. And he hit that home, run, which is nice. He hasn't hit too many this year. The power is still coming, um, but he, he managed to oblige me for that day. So yeah, check out that video on the site too. And then dropping down into tier two is Mackenzie Gore. He was a tier one guy back in January and you know, now he drops down to three and it's just, it's been weird with him. Um, he's coming in, you know, he, he was probably supposed to pitch last year and now he's got some, uh, delivery issues and, you know, whatever else is going on and Mackenzie Gore dropping out of tier one. That That's a kind of a pretty big drop. Yeah. I just, he can't keep up with all the news that goes along with him and <laughs> what the organization says and what they're willing to say and what they don't say. I don't know. I'm not going to advocate for a guy in tier one that I just I'm getting so many question marks about but at the same time you just can't quit this guy I mean the talent and what he's shown in the past has been remarkable and is pretty unmatched when it comes to prospects his age with left-handedness um, so we'll see I definitely I mean you don't want to sell low on him right now you want to keep him but at the same time you know if I was standing there at a dynasty draft and it was Hassle or Gore, it just would seem much safer to pick Hassle right now. And with that in mind, you know, to me, Hassle is, sneaks into the tier one. He's not like a no doubt tier one guy, but he does sneak in there for me. And so with that, Gore has to be kind of bumped down a little bit. But you, you just you just have to wait and see with him. And there's nothing else to really say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this tier two is a lot thinner than I remember it being. It, it's just <laughs> two guys now. And that's that's a lot of trades, but you got Mackenzie Gore in tier two, and then Luis Camposano uh, sticking around at number four, also staying in tier two, and that's it, man. That that system, which has been so deep for so long, is looking a little thin at the top. Absolutely, yep. There's no way about. It. I mean, teams would be pretty jealous of having two tier one players. I think. I think you're pretty lucky to get two in there, but yeah, after that, like. It's pretty clear if you go from Gore and Capizano and then you go back to Joshua Mears and James Wood, who are great prospects, but there is a big gap there. They're clearly not tier two yet. So the thing is, though, with these four, like, you know, Hassel's a ways away, obviously, but like Abrams, Gore and Capizano, they're all going to make it in the majors in some capacity. I'm very, very confident about that. Capizano, probably the surest of all of them, to be honest, he's already made it. Um, and he's just kind of waiting his time for some openings there. Um, still a really good catch. We talked about Melendez and we talked about Rushman and uh, Ruiz. And I think he belongs in that Ruiz-Melendez conversation for sure. He's still very, very good. I wish the bat would come. You know, I wish he'd just hit a little bit more. But, I mean, who – who? I mean, you can say that about everybody, right? So, uh, right. yeah, but there's a big gap between Tier 2 and Tier 3. And uh, I just couldn't even make an argument for any of those guys to be bumped in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that when you make the trades to go all in at the big league level, it just that's what ends up happening. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now getting down into your tier three, um, I'm really kind of. I mean, you talked about Josh Mears there, you know, a little bit, and you know, he's got uh, definitely some some big power there. 
but I'm curious that you got James Wood uh, at number six, who was the second rounder that, mm-hmm. uh, this past year, Padres second round pick, ahead of the Padres first round pick, yeah. Jackson Merrill. So what yeah, was your thinking with those two? I wonder how often you'll see this in our top 50 list as we go forward. But it was, you know, I definitely, I, I knew what I was doing by putting Wood ahead. And it's all term, in terms of fantasy. Jackson Merrill was an underslot guy. Um, and he's a solid all-around player. He's great. Um, but he's one of those guys that's going to be a better real-life player. I think Dansby Swanson type of guy where he's just going to do everything well. Probably doesn't have the power that, that Swanson's showing right now. But... You know, you get the idea. He's just a jack of all trades without anything just standing out. Whereas James Wood, when you look at this guy, I'm seeing, you know, shades of like Jason Hayward or even Joshua Mears is a good comp right before him. Just enormous power. I mean, this is an 18 year old kid and you look at him. He's six, seven, 230. He's running a, you know, a blazing 60 yard dash. The tools are just enormous with him. Will it work out? I have no idea. You know. Jason Hayward, I thought was going to be a surefire Hall of Famer the first year he came up and then, you know, kind of it didn't work out. But in terms of ceiling, there is no comparison between James Wood and Jackson Merrill. And uh, that's where the ranking goes. Now, in terms of reliability, who is more likely to make the majors, you know, and, and be productive in terms of maybe war or something like that, then I would maybe switch them up a little bit or have them at least a little bit closer. But you you, you just said it, right? The system is what it is. All the trades have really deprived it of special talent. James Wood has the special tools. Now, can he put it together? We don't know. If he does, though, that's what you want to go after in a system like this. Yeah, very important, especially to remember when it comes to your first year player drafts, uh, whenever you have those in your league, uh, when it comes to uh, who you should take. Uh, yeah, James Wood, all that upside uh, definitely would, would lead to him being ranked uh, a little bit higher. Uh, and now also looking again here in Tier 3, uh, as you've mentioned, as we both mentioned multiple times, there have been a lot of trades from this system, kind of thinning it out. So that leads to some lower-level guys perhaps moving up, the ones that do stick around. Um, but this guy at number 7, uh, that's moving up. It's not just because of the of the thinning out of the system. You had Egai Rosario ranked 43rd yeah. back in January, and now he's up at seven. Yeah, with uh, you have to take those trades into consideration for sure. Like he's probably not a number seven guy in in terms of what you would hope for in a system, but yeah, the jump is pretty incredible. I think that I was worried about what he was going to do for a fantasy. Um, aspect for your team when I was looking at him, you know, last year, 2019. And I just, I didn't know what he would bring to the table for those stats that you're looking for. And then this year he's, you know, 18 steals, eight home runs at double A, all of a sudden, you know, oh, that's, that's eye opening and kind of bumped up his upside. And so he was one of those floor guys. And we start raising the, the ceiling on those floor guys. They become a lot more interesting. And he's close, you know, double A. He's closer than some of these other guys that are international signees. So he makes sense for me at number seven. But again, you know, if we're talking um, any most other organizations, he's probably not in the top 15. But, yeah, there you go. You get uh, probably the biggest jump out of anybody, I'd imagine. I haven't looked it over in terms of that, but I think he was the biggest. Yeah, going going from 43 up to going from bottom 10 to top 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to find a bigger jumps there. Another guy, though, with a big jump uh, come, coming in at number 10, Victor Acosta, a 17-year-old shortstop making his you know stateside debut. You had him at 30th uh, back in January, and now he's up into the top 10. Very young kid, but the ceiling, incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And I had him at 30, which... I was hesitant to do. He was one of the last guys that I added to my list because they had just signed him. I had very little video. Again, you can go back to my January list. He has a video that he released of him playing and it's like professionally edited and makes him look awesome. And so I was like, let's go. This is great. Um, So, but I, I still knew very, very little about him, but he was able to make his debut. He has had a great, stateside debut that team's really exciting with some of the talent 
that they are possessing now, and he's he's standing out above the rest. So we're talking switch hitter. The defense is there. The bat is now the what's in question. But you know, as a 17-year-old holding his own, that's that bodes really really well for the future. So I love switch hitting middle infielders that have you know a good hit tool already and p- potential power down the line. So that's where he, he gets a huge bump. I I mean he he was gonna get bumped up after seeing him more and more just you you just can't not do that with this guy but um the debut really did have a factor in that as well yeah absolutely and you know with a lot of these uh young kids you know 17 years old you know that just recently signed just getting any sort of i mean coming out of the the international ranks there's generally very little video very little knowledge about a lot of these guys unless you're really well plugged in um and yeah now that we finally get a chance to see them we can rank them probably a whole lot better um all right so moving down here in tier three i want to talk a little bit about uh who you got at number 14 one of my uh favorite data pitchers uh in the draft robert gasser uh comp round b selection for the padres 22 year old college lefty uh, this is someone that I think, especially in the Padre system, uh, could really see some high upside. Yeah, I'm, I, we actually haven't talked about him. I'm, I'm very interested in your thoughts as well, because to me, it seems like a, quite a steal for what was considered to be one of the better left-handed college arms. Um, and to get him at you know, 71st overall is a pretty good steal, in my opinion. But uh, maybe you can touch on that after. But uh, yeah, he's he's close to the big leagues, I think. I think he's going to move quickly. Um, a lot to like here. I don't know how high the ceiling is, I suppose, but he was, a uh, yeah. I, I, what are your thoughts on Gasser? Yeah. I mean, he's someone that I, I think going to the right organization, uh, can really sharpen his stuff and, and um, really kind of help, you know, turn him into a, a really strong starting pitcher, uh, at the big league level. So him going to the Padres, uh, I think that's a really good fit for him. Um, and really good, you know, fit for the Padres organization, uh, getting a guy like that. I mean, he's got, uh, some really, uh, really strong stuff, um, and some really good tools, uh, that, that's going to be a good player going forward. So I, I think it's a good fit. You know, it's one of those where the organization really kind of makes the prospect a, a much better, uh, both real life and fantasy asset, most likely. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to just the overall draft that the Padres had, considering they were drafting a little bit lower um, this year as opposed to some of their other drafts. I think they had a really solid draft. Again, I've really liked their drafts in the the last couple of years. They're just taking the best player available almost like exclusively, which is awesome to see. And I think Gasser shouldn't have lasted that long. Um, A couple of college guys later on that they take, like uh, Kevin Copps, who is like, the best I love that player pick. in 2021 and he's like number 99. I mean, I get it. Sure. 24 years old, and, but still like the best guy on the in college baseball, like you take him there. So I really like what they've done. And yeah, you, know, you have to knock the draft out of the park. If you're going to be the Padres and trade everybody out for major league talent, right? You have to knock it out of the park. So really, really pleased. Not the best, you know, I think some other teams did just, notch above but uh considering where they were drafting pretty darn good yeah absolutely you got to restock that system and and the draft is the best and easiest way to do it um and now dropping one spot below here another high riser uh in the system uribio angelis uh middle infielder you had him at 47 in january up to 15 now just 19 years old uh but he's been absolutely raking in low a yeah, he's another guy that I got to take a look at firsthand at Lake Elsinore. And I think when he, when he was there, he was four for four. I hadn't really, you know, I had him ranked, obviously. I had him at 47, but I had never really seen him live, like in person. So he impressed me when I went there. And then I kind of dove deeper into what he's uh, been doing. And it's just pretty incredible in terms of the batting average. Um, I don't know you know, what the power is going to look like or the speed down the line. But, you know, with that hitting tool and a system like that in an age at 19, it's very intriguing and definitely worth a high rise, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to cut you off there, David. I think that's about as much time 
as I want to kind of go, a little 20-minute window there. So uh, let me just go over one or two guys that I wanted to mention. We're going to jump into the Brewers system as well. Um, thank right. you for bringing up Angelus, though. He was definitely going to be one of the guys. Yeah, that I, I, I wanted to go there and then just kind of give you a little, you know, quick yeah. hits and, and rundowns to kind of finish it up. But, yeah, go ahead. Perfect. So uh, there's uh, a pitcher at 17, uh, Victor Lizarraga. He's a, a Mexican pitcher. Uh, pitcher who uh, is 17 and has huge projectability going forward. He's a guy that you might be able to get for free in dynasty leagues that is worth uh, taking um, notice of for sure. Um, I talked about Kevin Copps. I'm, I'm glad you like that, that pick as well um, for the Padres. Um, the draft picks again, Max Ferguson at uh, number 31 for me. He was, he's a fun college, a uh, good career there um, for Tennessee so he was somebody that I was excited for them to get. Um, and then a couple of guys way down at the bottom that are just kind of fun to talk about. Um, there's a guy <laughs> that they're trying to sort of uh, make as a Otani light, <laughs> but they're starting from the ground up. His name's Ruben Salinas. You might see him as Ruben Zayed or Zayed Salinas. I've seen it like all different ways, but he's basically a starting pitcher and an outfielder for the team. And they're, they're trying to build him up as a two-ray player. A couple of the guys... I feel like are getting that treatment for the Padres and are pretty interesting. Um, and then I also wanted to mention the guys that did get traded. If anybody was interested that, in them, uh, Tucapita Marcano, Jake Sawinski, I had at 18, Marcano at five. I had Espinosa at 21, Jordy Barley at 25, and Mason Thompson at 24, who I, I saw just made his debut for the Nationals. So I was really excited to see Mason Thompson got, uh, got a nice little promotion there after he got traded. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Let's go over your Brewers. Why don't yeah, you give me a, a state it. of the union with the Milwaukee Brewers? Yeah, so the Brewers system, I mean, it's it's definitely getting a lot better. You know, previously it was one of the worst systems, but I think they also had a really solid draft. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, like the best class, but I mean, they're were, they were picking in the middle of the rounds there. They, they had the 15th overall pick. Uh, they had a comp A pick. They took two advanced college bats. They took Sal Freelich. Um, who, when we had, you know, Sean Kernahan on the podcast, talked about how he may have some excess defensive value. I mean, Freelich doesn't have much for uh, power, but he's kind of a, a top of the order, you know, leadoff hitter type uh, spark guy. Uh, and then Tyler Black, another advanced college hitter, probably a bat first, second baseman. Uh, so they had some good upside there. Uh, Chase some more college upside uh, later on uh, when it came to, um, you know, pitchers, hitters, kind of a pretty good mix all along the way. Uh, so the system is looking a lot better. Um, it, it's got some really good hitters at the top. The pitching, you know, there's still the top that top group of pitching prospects. Um, and, you know, a lot of these guys have been doing pretty well this year. There, there haven't been too many uh, of, of my guys who are on the top, uh, who are near the top of my list in January that have had horrible seasons. Uh, there have been a couple and a couple guys kind of in the mid ranks that have really dropped down. Um, but, you know, overall, some really good years and, and some really breakout years for a couple of guys. Yep. Let's start at the at the top, because I just can't wait to get into the the top two guys here. And I want to hear your thoughts. Um, you're definitely the guy who's got me into the Garrett Mitchell life. Um, mm -hmm. I will admit I was not as high as I should have been after he was drafted. Um, but after listening to you talk about him over and over again, I am there with you as well. I, I you know, I have top 20 prospect easy overall. Um, he obviously lit the world on fire in high A. How has his double A experience been going? That's what I want to focus on with you because it hasn't been as uh, appealing to the eyes in terms of uh, the stats. But how do you think he's been doing in double A uh, since he's been promoted there? Yeah, so Mitchell had a little bit of a slow start there into into Double A, um, and you know that that happens as kind of you know adjusting to a new level. Um, but you know he's he started to do a little bit better. He's kind of been um, you know in and out the last few days. I think they're more just kind of you know managing, making sure everything's um, all healthy and good because he did have that knee injury earlier in the season. Um, but I mean, yeah, overall. Not doing as well when it comes to the batting average. Still drawn walks at a pretty decent clip. Um, so that's that's certainly good to see that some of the power is still there. Got three home runs in Biloxi. Um, so, you know, as long as that power continues to show up, uh, I think overall uh, the rest of that bat is is going to be fine. 
for him. So he'll he'll spend the rest of the season in double A. He might start next year in double A uh, as well. So the Brewers have been pretty aggressive uh, with him so far. I mean, he only had 28 games uh, in high A Wisconsin uh, to start off his pro career. So uh, they've been aggressive a little bit, pushing him up to double A. But, you know, he's now kind of, I think, at a level where he can really start to grow as a player and, and really start to compete. Yeah, I was happy to see him get promoted so early. And the other thing I really like about Mitchell is that his path to the big leagues is pretty simple moving forward. So he's a great investment in dynasty leagues, especially some people might even still not value him as much as they probably should. So, yeah, fantastic, number one. But you also have a fantastic number two. Now, I want to ask you this question, kind of a compare and contrast with these two. Of course, Hedbert Perez is your number two prospect. Is it fair to say that Garrett Mitchell is the safer uh, more reliable bet to make the big leagues, but Hedbert Perez is the more talented and higher potential of the two. And so if you wanted to go all in on a guy that maybe is a, a five tool Acuna uh, type of player that Hedbert Perez is that guy. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty, pretty fair to say Mitchell, obviously the safer bet he's already in double a, he's an advanced college hitter. Uh, Perez is a teenager out of Venezuela um, and he's just kind of getting started there in rookie ball uh, down in Arizona. Um, but yeah, the, the upside with Hedbert Perez is incredible. I know I've gotten you uh, on the Hedbert hype train. And now that we we actually have some numbers, we have some stats uh, to work off of with Perez. And through 18 games so far in rookie level Arizona, he is backing up all the hype. He's hitting 342. With an OPS of 974, he's got four home runs, 13 RBIs, he's got six doubles. Uh, he's just been knocking the cover off the ball. He went five for six the other day with a pair of home runs, pair of doubles. Uh, he's just looking incredible uh, there in, in rookie ball. So it's exactly everything as advertised, and now we just kind of have some actual numbers uh, to back everything up. Sure, it's a small sample size, you know, just under 75 at-bats so far uh, at the time we're recording here. But it that swing, man, it is so smooth. Just so, It's such a beautiful swing to watch. I, I'd encourage anyone to just watch videos of Hedbert Perez taking swings, uh, of him hitting in games. It's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, it's a subtle movement. Uh, simple, smooth. It's very, very good. And he he is a kind of a lesson of how I think I'm headed towards these dynasty prospects. And maybe you are as well. But like these international guys and you see their video and sure, they're going to look great. Um, But rank them high until they give you a reason not to. I think that's kind of where I'm headed. And Hedbert Perez is like going to be that poster child because he looked great in the videos we saw. And now he's coming out doing that. I'm going to keep ranking him higher and higher until it gives me a reason not to. Is that, you know, kind of where yeah. you might be headed with these international guys? Cause we know so little about them. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, some of them, you know, some of the other international guys, I don't think I have as high uh, of stuff on, um, but I mean, they, they could very easily uh, be much higher. Um, but I mean, for me, just, just kind of looking at what uh, Perez is doing and what really kind of the hype has been and, and what the, uh, scouting reports have said, I mean, it's, it's five tool superstar potential. Um, so that really kind of puts him up there. He wasn't in tier one, uh, back in January, just because, you know, like I said, we hadn't seen him in games. So I was hesitant to put him in that status. Uh, but now that we've seen him, you know, he's top 10 in the, in the ACL and, and batting slugging OPS, all that. It, it's kind of hard not to put him in a tier one. Yeah, and, and okay, here we go. Tatis, Vladimir Guerrero, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Jose Ramirez, Ozzy Albies, Rafael Devers, Eloy Jimenez. Like these are the the stars of our game, and none of Edward them are getting are, none of them are getting drafted in the MLB draft. They're being signed in the international signing window. So you have to take a shot, and like I'm saying. Give them the benefit of the doubt until they give you something not to. So if Hedbert Perez had come out, was striking out a grip, then yeah, go ahead and lower your expectations. But keep, don't miss out on these guys. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's worth going for it 
because you're not going to hit every single one, but they will hit. There is in it's showing now in the major leagues that these guys hit at a pretty substantial clip. Um, and that clip being like 10%, but still like an insane amount. If you want to get the uh, Guerreros and Acunas of tomorrow, you got to go with guys like Hedberg Perez now. There's just no no way around it. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Tier two. Um, not a lot of change with your top three. Uh, that's probably the case for a lot of teams, I'd imagine. Just not a lot to go off to, to change your mind. But Bryce Terang hanging in there at number three. Um, we talked about Sal Freelich a little bit. Uh, I feel like we've talked about those guys a little bit in the past with Terang and then Freelich in this episode. So what I want to focus in uh, is Ethan Small and how his development is going for uh, the Brewers. Triple A, 24 years old. So you imagine he's knocking on the door. Are we going to see Ethan Small anytime soon? Uh, potentially. He's on the IL at the moment, got a finger strain. Um, so he's going to, I think he's working on ramping back up now. Uh, he had to, you know, stop from throwing for like two weeks, I think. So he's got to have another couple weeks to ramp back up before he's back into game action. Uh, we could possibly see him in the big leagues before the end of the regular season. Maybe he could be a September call up. Uh, he still isn't back in into pitching in AAA games as of right now. Um, but he, he could, he probably will before the month of August is up. Uh, and then from that point on, he could uh, make a make the big leagues at that point. I mean, he's been uh, fantastic when he's pitched uh, this season. Had a sub two ERA with Biloxi, uh, earning a promotion after eight starts, uh, and then pitching in AAA, also doing extremely well. So, you know, we could definitely see him soon. We could see Aaron Ashby again soon at, at the big league level. But uh, yeah, Small is he's he was having a great season. Yeah, that was my quick quick hit question for you next is uh, the Aaron Ashby bullpen experience over or are they still going to continue to try that? I don't even know. Uh, the, the Brewers haven't said anything. You know, he's kind of been in a, you know, opener role, but hasn't really been going super you know deep into games, kind of, you know, being ready for shorter outings, being ready for the bullpen. Uh, but I think with Small's injury and, you know, a couple other issues uh, or a couple other injuries and departures in that triple a rotation they've had had they've had to have ashby starting a bit more and in his last start uh he was fantastic he went six innings didn't give up a run struck out 11 and threw just 60 pitches six innings 11 strikeouts just 60 pitches 48 for strikes he had 12 balls like it's that was insane that, that was an electric performance um, and he's someone that, especially with the way the, the Brewers pitching staff is right now with, you know, COVID going through it and, and everything else, uh, they could end up calling upon him soon. And, you know, could it be the rotation? Could it be the bullpen? I don't even know. I don't even know if the Brewers know uh, at this point, but he's going to be a weapon for them somewhere on that pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, COVID aside, uh, there's one, very, very few teams that Aaron Ashby wouldn't have made it. A debut as a starting pitcher and unfortunately for him the brewers are one of them yeah. with uh just like one everybody's staying healthy for the most part knock on wood i'm sure for you um yeah. and number two everybody is performing well above expectations especially kind of the back end of that rotation just guys that are going out there i'm like what how are every every game is how is eric lauer pitching yeah. well yeah i don't know yeah. either I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, poor Aaron Ashby doesn't get a chance, gets forced to the bullpen. Essentially, you know, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, uh, maybe I'm too pessimistic, kind of delays his progress, his progression here. But, um, yeah, I think he, he's still very interesting. I just hope they keep him in the rotation at this point. Yeah, they, they will um, long term. Yeah, like, for like sure. he'll be He'll be in the rotation next year. Brett Anderson's going to leave as a free agent. There's going to be an opening. Uh, so Ashby, Lauer, uh, Ethan Small will all probably be competing for that spot. Um, and we'll see kind of how that rotation shakes out. Um, but yeah, he's they see him as a starter long term. Yeah. Um, number 10, Eduardo Garcia. I don't remember hearing you talk about him too much. Uh, can you give us kind of the uh, Eduardo Garcia for dummies version of who this guy is? Shortstop. Yeah, Garcia is kind of a really solid all-around uh, player. Uh, I mean, he'll got some decent pop, you know, got some a uh, little bit of speed, hits decently well, uh, pretty good defender at shortstop. Uh, probably not going to blow anyone away uh, when it comes to, to fantasy 
statistics, uh, but I mean, a really solid all around, all around player um, hitting pretty well uh, in, in a rookie ball right now, hitting about 260, 877 OPS, got, you know, three homers. Um, so he's doing, you know, pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, three triples already as, as well. So he's got plenty of extra bases. Um, 12 of his 20 hits actually are for extra bases. Um, so he's been, he's been showcasing that a little bit. Um, you know, maybe not as much over the fence power, but, you know, someone who can really drive the ball, make, make good contact, barrel it up, um, and, and be a really solid all around player. Moving in here now to tier three, uh, number 13, a guy that we had talked a little bit about and I was able to get as a throw in, in a deal, uh, in a dynasty league. And that's Joe Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on him? Uh, what, a, uh, first of all, what a rise going from 41 to 13 on your list. Um, what do you, what, what has he done most to impress you this year? Um, really just kind of his, um, Everything really kind of showing up, all, all the tools, everything that it's like, oh, yeah, if he's able to, to put this together and, and, you know, make some contact and really kind of barrel up the ball, uh, he can be a really, really solid, really special player. And that's what he's done this year. I, I said back in January, um, you know, with all the reports like, oh, yeah, he's looking better. And, you know, just kind of looking at his numbers from rookie ball in 2018 and 2019, I said, I need to see it to believe it uh, with Joe Gray. I, I need to see him actually perform before I put him any higher. And he must have taken that challenge personally as an avid reader of Prospects 1500. Um, and he's gone out there and, and he's proven it. And we've seen it. And, and now I can believe it. Um, he dominated low A. Uh, he was a low A player of the week, I think, like three times. Um, moved his way up now to high A. Not doing as well, but still doing good. Uh, still doing good in high A. Um, the, the only concern for me with Gray and the only thing that's keeping him out of the top ten is the strikeouts. He is striking out around a 30% clip, um, and he, he's going to need to cut down on that as he goes through the system to ensure that uh, he is able to continue to make enough contact to get on base often enough to, to hit for enough power. Um, but he could be a really solid power speed guy uh, when he puts it all together. So um, with, with that power speed and the, and the contact ability, if he's able to do that, um, that's, uh, a, a really kind of special player there in the outfield. Um, but the, the strikeout thing is the only thing that's, uh, concerning me. Yeah. I never like to see that, but he's still pretty young considering, uh, Oh yeah. He, he's only 21. I mean, he was drafted yeah. out of high school. Um, moving on to another guy that, uh, you know, looks great. I mean, when you watch him play, he just looks, he's got that swag factor, which I think is important now that I'm doing prospects more and more. You, you know, if you're in the big leagues, you got to look good because if you strike out, you know, and you still look good, you can fool some people. And that's uh, Freddie Zamora. Um, I was a little surprised to see him drop a little bit when I was looking at, you know, his his season that he's having right now. It's it's not, you know, jumping out at you, but for what I was, you know, hoping for is, you know, but what was the reason for the slight drop? And uh, what should we think about Freddie Zamora going forward? I mean, the slight drop, I mean, part of it is, I mean, you got the the recent additions, you know, the Tyler Black, the uh, Sal Freelich, those guys getting added above him. Uh, that's certainly a part of it. I mean, Hefferson Cuero really kind of moved himself up as well. Um, Warren, Xavier Warren, uh, who went up to 12, kind of jumped Zamora there. He's having a really solid season, just earned a promotion to high A. Um, but I mean, Zamora, I mean, he's he's doing all right. I mean, it's... It's nothing otherworldly. I mean, he's he's hitting 267, got a 728 OPS, four homers, uh, seven stolen bases in in low A. So I mean, it's it's solid, um, but it's nothing that's really kind of showcasing. This is going to be a really uh, really good hitter uh, at the next level. So um, you know, just kind of you know wanting to to kind of see more of that uh, from him. Um, it is really kind of the reason for, for the slight drop. All right. And then I want to talk about David Hamilton because I love your list yes. and I, I really agree with everything you've done a hundred percent. Thank you. But how can we have David Hamilton who has 41 stolen bases is a middle <laughs> infielder, probably the fastest guy in the entire minor leagues, not be higher on a fantasy 
list like this? How is he at 18? I, I just explain yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is, you know, as shocking as I say, you know, pretty kind of uh, deep at the top and uh, when it comes to other things. But I mean, Hamilton, I mean, the issue is going with, with him is going to be um, getting on base enough. I mean, he's doing really well with it this year, hitting a 264 in high A. Um, and now he just earned a promotion to double A a few weeks ago. Um, and you know, when he gets on base, yeah, he's a menace on the base pass. I mean, he can steal anything, you know, when I went to see him, uh, in Appleton, I mean, you, you hear about 80 grade speed, but seeing it in front of your eyes and watching him just fly across the field, uh, is another thing entirely. Um, but yeah, that's really just going to kind of be the, the thing with Hamilton, um, is just, you know, making, uh, contact and, and getting on base, uh, plenty of times it is going to be uh, key for him to make full use of that speed. Um, and, you know, I'd love to push him higher, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to push him higher, you know, but, you know, I feel like jumping him up uh, 11 spots there, especially given his performance, you know, uh, I feel like that's a, that's a solid jump. And, you know, should he continue to prove this at double A, uh, then he's going to be jumping even higher uh, in the next January update. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% correct. You're absolutely right. I mean, he was 23 in high A, so he was actually older than the average age there. So, And he did only, you know, like you said, getting on base is the key for him. And at 350 is solid, but for a 23-year-old, you would have liked to see that a little bit higher. But yeah, seven triples on the season with 15 doubles, plus seven home runs. Like, that's that was Five a little surprising runs. to me, too. Five home runs. I'm sorry. Uh, no, well, seven total. Two and oh yeah, he's got two in double A now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. He's, he's showcasing a little, a little bit of pop yeah. there, which is always Fun. nice to see. Fun to dream on. Um, another guy that you know, dynasty rise versus real life might be a big, a big divide. Um, all right, let's move down here a little bit. Uh, let's talk about. Couple of 27 year olds. Um, I saw that yeah. you added them, not ranked last January. Jake Cousins, a right handed pitcher, and Miguel Sanchez, a right handed pitcher. I have not heard of these two players. So uh, can you explain? I, I see current level MLB. So they're helping out at the big league level now? Yeah, yeah. So so these guys are, are helping out the big league bullpen. I mean, they, they're make, they made their debuts earlier this year. Um, and yeah, these guys were not really on prospect radars. I mean, the Brewer signed Sanchez out of uh, the Dominican Republic five years ago when he was 22 years old. So it wasn't exactly, you know, a fresh young kid uh, working his way through. But he worked his way up the system uh, quietly uh, and earned himself a bullpen spot. Jake Cousins was pitching an independent ball not too long ago. Um, and, and the Brewers picked him up. And, you know, he's got a really nasty sinker slider combination. Um, some of the best act like legit nasty stuff in baseball. Um, and they're, they're helping out the, the brewers at the big league level. So since they still had eligibility, um, I, I felt it kind of necessary to include them on the list. Um, they're relievers um, going forward, but I mean, they've been really, really good this year um, helping out the big league club. So if you need, you know, some extra relief innings with, you know, you know, maybe some extra strikeouts, uh, Cousins and Sanchez, uh, and also Justin Topa, who I got down at 22, who's been injured most of the year, uh, at 30 years old. Um, another guy out of independent ball that the Brewers have kind of turned into uh, a really quality reliever that they did last year and now um, when he's going to be coming back this year. Um, just a couple of really kind of solid, you know, middle relief guys who maybe could get some high leverage innings um, who have done really, really well uh, so far in their big league experience. Everybody talks about the Indians and the Giants as these pitching factories, but some of these guys and where they're getting them, yeah. I think the Brewers have to be included. Maybe oh, yeah, they're, they're the new pitching, pitching factory on the block. I mean, the Indians yeah. have been known for it for a while, but the Brewers, it's it's kind of a new thing, but they're really good at it. Yeah, I mean, Freddie Peralta was a nobody, and now he's he's a lottery ticket. He's a, an amazing number one. And they won the Powerball. Yeah, and Corbin Burns, you couldn't. I, I'd given up on him when he made his debut, and now <laughs> I just can't believe. I never it. gave up on him. No, I know, I know you wouldn't have. <laughs> but um, it just I mean, the point is what I'm saying is that they're just turning these guys out left and right, guys from yeah. independent ball, 
guy. You know, it's just insane. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, give you the floor here. Maybe talk about anybody else that we have not yet talked about that you want to end with that we should be paying attention in the Brewer system. Yeah, so th- there are definitely um, a couple guys uh, down here that that I really like. Um, Corey Howell kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. He kind of jumped up into the top 25 there. Um, having a really solid season uh, in low A, now moving up moving up to double A. Abner Uribe, uh, ranked 27th. He's down in low A, Carolina. Um, he's 21 years old, and he can throw the baseball 103 miles an hour. He can't control it. He doesn't really have much of a secondary pitch. Um, but if the Brewers are somehow able to develop one or both of those things, preferably both, um, he could be a, a really dominant closer um, with the stuff that with uh, the stuff with that fastball that he has. And the Brewers have shown a knack, as we just talked about, uh, mm-hmm. of turning pitchers into really solid uh, guys. So that that's certainly one to watch there. Um, and then moving down, I got a lot of guys here in the 30s um, that I like. Uh, Javon Ward just hit for the cycle the other day in high A. Uh, really solid outfielder, 12th round pick out of high school a couple years ago. Really kind of starting to have a strong season. Uh, Joey Weimer, fourth round pick uh, in 2020. Uh, he, honestly, I did this list before this this last week, um, and Weimer probably would rise afterwards um, after seeing what what he did there in his final week in uh, Low A Carolina. Uh, but he's a 31. He's got some potential now that they've kind of tamed his uh, leg kick. Uh, in motion. Uh, Luke Barker at 32, another reliever type um, that should get an opportunity soon, hopefully. Um, and then th- uh, 33, Felix Valerio. Uh, he was the the return, the lottery ticket return, and the Keon Broxton trade with the Mets a couple years ago when the Brewers got three players for Keon Broxton. I still don't know how they swung that. Thanks, Brody Van Wagenen. Uh, but Valerio is hitting over 300. Uh, he's hitting. He's got a 300, 400, 500 slash line. Um, no, I know he doesn't have quite. It's not quite that good. Uh, but he's hitting over. <laughs> he's hitting over 300 with an OPS over 850 um, for uh, Low A Carolina. Uh, he's walked more than he struck out. He's stolen 20 plus bases. Um, he's he's a really nice lottery ticket. Just 20 years old in Low A. Uh, Ernesto Martinez is a lot of fun. Uh, he's a first baseman. He's only got nine homers on the season, but he has 27 stolen bases. He leads the Mudcats in stolen bases. He's six foot six, 230 pounds as a first baseman slash corner outfielder. And he's hitting like 270 something. It's the strangest thing. <laughs> and he's so much fun. And just like watching him run and watching him like just do like bat drops and and everything is just just watch some video of Ernesto Martinez, please. It is it is so much fun. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to like um, with those guys. And I also kind of want to briefly mention here uh, at number 40, uh, I got Logan Henderson, the Brewers fourth round pick this last year. I, I would I would definitely take a flyer on him uh, maybe a little bit later in your first year player drafts. I mean, he's got. The same kind of stuff and ability that the Brewers have had with their previous JUCO picks and Aaron Ashby and Antoine Kelly. Uh, he led all of JUCO in strikeouts, just like those guys. Um, it's something that the Brewers apparently target. Whoever leads JUCO in strikeouts, that's who they draft every single year. Um, so he's someone that I think the Brewers can really develop his stuff, and he could be a starter going forward. So if it comes to like, you know, fourth, fifth, um, whatever round, maybe a little bit later there in your first year player draft, or maybe afterwards you want to pick someone up on waivers. I think Henderson is a, is a good sleeper, a good flyer to take. Yeah. This system is the poster child for, uh, not making too much of a, a big deal on a seemingly poor system because a year ago, this system, I would have ranked bottom five. And now it's definitely, has a lot of intriguing names, guys, especially for dynasty and fantasy purposes that are just popping out and and everybody seems to be doing well. I can't I don't know the records of the minor league teams off the top of my head. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> but Carolina I'm sure and Nashville are doing well. Um the Timber Rattlers are doing okay. Biloxi was having uh, a pretty bad stretch there for a while. They didn't really have much for hitters outside of Bryce Terang. 
Um, but um, yeah, they're the the top teams are really kind of low A and triple A right now. Yeah, and and so when you think your system uh, has no hope, this is what I will remind people of: is that like it just takes a year of getting a draft class in, especially if you had something like a pandemic get in the way as well. Um, guys making leaps and jumps and international signees coming out of uh, and and balling out in their debuts. It's it's really a a good system now. Like I wouldn't say it's great by any means, but it's a good system, and that's honestly coming a long way from when where we were talking about this last year. So, um, David, well done. Uh, that list is either going to be up or is already up, depending on when you are listening to this podcast. But I think that's going to do it for us here now. Again. Thanks for listening, everybody. David, great list. Anything else you wanted to add before uh, I kind of sign off here? Get on the Hedberg Perez hype train if you if you aren't already. We got yeah. snacks. <laughs> and Garrett Mitchell, I'm I'm telling you. And guys, Garrett Mitchell, get Garrett, on that hype train too. They're both. Yeah, I like like I said in my my dynasty league, I, I was texting you every other day with guys that I I wanted in deals. I mean, I got um, who did I get? I, I traded um, was it Garrett Mitchell for? The Kohlers or something like that. I think I did that straight up. Anyway, the point is Brewers prospects are good now, so don't be afraid to go and get them. (laughs) Uh, All right, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off here. This is Futures Focus podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. We got loads of top 50 lists coming out daily. Um, Check them out. They are awesome. A lot of work is going into this. I, I can speak for that. I know David can speak for that as well. We're putting our heart and soul into these rankings. They're dynasty fantasy focused. Don't forget that. Um, so I, you know, for me getting middle relievers that were a little older, that had no starting potential, I just was not going to rank very high. And so when I get those comments in my Twitter feed or in the comments, it's like, Oh, where's this person? Okay. Yeah. He's a 26 year old reliever. I'm just not going to put him on. But anyway, the point is we love these lists. We hope you like them too. check them out. Uh, And we will see everybody here next week for a futures focus podcast. David Gasper, Alex Sanchez signing off. 